You're listening to the No Labels, No Limits podcast with best-selling author Sarah Box, where you get the inside scoop on the steps action takers and decision makers take to align their purpose to their principles and achieve their goals in business and life. We focus on the mantra, no labels, no limits, no excuses. Each week, you'll hear from remarkable guests who have overcome challenges and obstacles to succeed in the face of adversity. By listening to their stories, you'll get practical tips, tools, and resources you can implement today to bust through your own internalized prisons of worry and doubt. And now, without further ado, please welcome your commanding coach with plenty of chutzpah and heart, Sarah Box. Welcome to this episode of the No Labels, No Limits podcast, a podcast all about helping action takers and decision makers like you align their purpose to their principles and achieve their goals in business and life. Hi, I'm Sarah from Sarah Box Coaching and Consulting. I'm a change agent, former executive director and best-selling author of The Changemaker Ripple Effect, a book about how one person's drive purpose, and boldness can impact thousands. And I'm here to tell you that the life you want is possible with the right support, mindset, and strategy. On today's podcast, we're joined by Rebecca Japovich. Beck is a curious, friendly, and creative brand copywriter, voiceover artist, and presentation coach who helps driven and ethical business owners. Emphasis on ethical. She helps them to nail their marketing message, grow their visibility, achieve their big vision with tailor-made communication strategies. As a writer, she's worked with big brands like MYOB, Blackboard, and media companies like Your Teenage Magazine. As a voiceover artist, she's voiced radio and TV campaigns for Meyer, Boost Juice, Priceline, The Coffee Club, Nescafe, Good Price Pharmacy, and on a smaller scale, for yours truly, and more on that in a minute. But first, in this episode, you will hear how Beck helps leaders grow their confidence behind the microphone, in front of the camera, and on stage. We will reveal how to highlight your unique strengths as a leader and the art and soul of public speaking. Now let's welcome our Beth. Now let's welcome our guest, Beck, for the second time because you already heard her voice introduce the No Labels. No Limits podcast. Hi, Beck. Hi. But before we dive into all the things you're going to share with us, the audience and I want to know, what is one non-negotiable ritual you do every day that keeps you heading towards your big vision? Well, in this time of social isolation, my one non-negotiable ritual is doing an online Pilates class. So my usual Pilates gym has closed down and he's gone online. So I do a virtual one hour session in the morning to keep me sane. (laughs) And I bet that works pretty well. It really does. Oh my gosh. It's a great way to start. Does anyone (sighs) in your family join you in your Pilates class? Um, Sometimes my son jumps on me. I don't know if you'd call that joining. (laughs) I call that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Definitely not helpful. So, Although sometimes there's extra weight and that sort of like helps with resistance. So let's see the silver lining. I, I've seen your son. That's a good, that's a good resistance exercise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's not so Beck, before we get into the meat will you, of the conversation, 
Since folks can tell you've got an accent, can you tell us where you are today, where you live? Um, Because most of my audience is going to be from Canada and the U.S., some in Peru and around the globe. But um, tell folks a little bit about yourself and how you got started as a copywriter and voice actor. Well, I am in Brisbane, Australia, mate. So I am down under and... (laughs) Um, I got started as a copywriter and a voiceover actor about six years ago. Uh, I've always been writing. So my previous career was as a performer, a musical theatre performer and uh, an actor on TV and commercials. And I first got started writing theatre uh, reviews. So I was actually overseas on my last contract as a performer on a cruise ship when I started to go online. Now, was it a wise decision? Maybe not because the internet charges were huge on the cruise ship. However, I had goals. So I offered my services to a uh, theatre website called aussietheatre.com in Australia. And when I got back on land in 2012, I uh, started going and seeing theatre and reviewing them. And so my work was starting to get published online and I really, really enjoyed it. I did some other work for a couple of other dance or theatre-related websites. And at that time, I had just finished a diploma of life coaching. So I was heading away from the uh, theatre touring life and into something a little bit more stable and something a bit more online. And around that time as well, I got super interested in voiceovers because of my background as an actor and um, I did like speech and drama and and, uh, public speaking kind of things growing up. I was really interested in how we tell stories with our voice, our, our our tone of voice and being a singer, I I love using my voice. And um, so I got really interested in voiceovers and had the opportunity to train up in a radio station on the Gold Coast where I was living. So I would go in there to this radio station once a week and uh, they'd just throw scripts at me and I would learn the craft on the job, get get immediate feedback from the producer and I found that it was really exciting because you were telling different brand stories and different tone of voice. So sometimes you had to be dynamic and sometimes you had to be really calm and sometimes I had to put an accent on. So there was one hilarious voiceover I did when I was training that was like a a Brazilian accent, which I've got the audio of somewhere and I I just kind of want to keep it hidden (laughs) because it's pretty hilarious. Anyway, I got to use these skills and eventually once I learned the the art of voiceovers and I could read scripts quite fast and deliver well, um, I started getting paid for it. So I did this internship, uh, started getting paid and then got some material behind me and um, got a great voiceover demo together and then it, I went from there, went to market from there. That was that's the one aspect of of the voiceovers and the writing. So to to get some skills up in the copywriting, I went to the same radio station and they have a creative 
writing department and I, I'd been working with the creative writing department because I would be reading scripts. And I just asked them, I said, hey, do you, do you think I could come and intern and learn the, the skills of uh, radio copywriting? And they said, sure, come in. So I would take myself uh, in. In between I was working as a dance teacher or and uh, acting teacher. Take myself in. I get the briefs from the sales and marketing department and have to create these like short 15 to 30 second scripts. And again, I really, really enjoyed it. I loved trying to distill this promotional message into this really short time frame and and you know cut out the words and edit edit the words and, and shift it so that it all fit perfectly and time it and and then I had to um uh, had to like assign the voice that I thought would be suitable for that ad. And yeah, I really loved it. So after that, I was, I had some experience, I had some training and I had a referral. So then I applied for a full-time job and I worked in a full-time role as a copywriter in a media agency for a short time and then discovered that I work best uh, working for myself. <laughs> well, as we like to say, you were your own worst employee, right? You need to be was, your own boss, right? Totally. Yeah. I was a really poor employee. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, what's funny about that is when you talk about being able to take these large concepts and drill them down into the mm-hmm. bits and pieces of it, I think about, I'm like, when you were like the writer, producer, director, and performer. Mm-hmm. All of those things. That's quite a spread of skills and abilities. Mm-hmm. So once you were working for yourself, did you feel like you got to use all of those? And are there parts that you resonate more with today or you go, well, if I, if I like to live in this role, like the writer role or the teacher role or the producer role, do you have a preference? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I like the producer and the teacher role. Um, I'm a really people per. I, I'm a I'm a people person. So those you know producing and and writing where I'm talking to other people or, or moving different parts and man- managing what's going on and guiding, I really resonate with that role. Yeah, it lights me up a lot. The writing has its place and it's great because I'm a mom and it can be done at any time. So at the moment I've got my son at home um, and I can ride around him because the schools are locked down. So yeah, but I do definitely resonate with the producing and the, the teaching role. Well, I will say as a consumer of your knowledge, you do resonate <laughs> in the teacher role because you're able to adapt to people's learning style and make it Uh fun. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's all about having fun. I think, you know, we need to keep the fun in learning. (laughs) We need to keep the fun, period. So talk about how that work that you do with people and your experience in coaching and teaching, how that helps people build their confidence, whether it's behind a microphone, a camera, or on stage, or actually even talking. I'm thinking about folks who have to go out and sell or mm-hmm. convince somebody about their nonprofit, how those skills help build confidence? 
Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, communication is everything, right? Then the more knowledge that we have around how we are communicating, if we're doing it effectively, if, we, if we've got things to learn, then we, we are more empowered. So I really see my role as a, as a teacher is to empower people to be able to communicate in a way that feels good to them and is, is fun in the process of, of getting there and learning those skills. So I teach on the voice. Yeah, that's a really important component about being heard and being understood. And I find that when people understand the anatomy of their voice and how breath works in with the muscles and the mechanics of it and how different words or different sentences can have different emotions attached to them, I find that people or the people I work with are then able to embody what they're saying in a real like solid and confident way. And that has got to be good for everybody, you know? Yeah. Wondering how to adapt to the rapid fire changes we are all experiencing. Curious about where you should start to position your nonprofit for future success. Want to know how I can help you and your team prioritize and address hard questions. Then book your free discovery call with me at sarahbox.com forward slash contact. I'll help you get clear so you can lead others. Now back to the show. So what I'm wondering is when people practice and they learn their voice and they learn both the mechanics, but also the intention of what's being said, do you find people settle in more to who they truly are versus the role they're trying to play? Do you, does oh, that yeah. make sense? Yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. There's great power in owning who you are and really showing up and standing present in you. And when you're trying to be, you know, the role of like I am all together and professional, it's it takes a lot of energy because you're not being who you really are. So I find that when people get a hold of these things, you know, like the intention behind what they're saying, then you can really tap into who you are as a leader and can really listen to, you know, what feels right for you to say, the words that feel right for you to say, rather than just saying what the leadership words are, you know, and there's all types of leaders. I mean, I think the coaching that I do allows people to feel good about who they are intrinsically. You know, you might be a more introverted person, but if you've got some uh, maybe permission around being who you are by coaching and by having fun and realising that, you know, all the qualities of you make you special and that's what the world needs as a leader, I think that that's really, that really empowers people to show up who they are and not not who they think they should be. And, you know, I know this through personal experience. You know, I, for years in the entertainment industry, was trying to be maybe a bigger or brighter or, I don't know, cooler version of myself. And so I knew that, you know, through my years of auditioning and, and finding my voice in in how I show up, then that's when the, the most power comes. Does that make sense? That makes perfect <laughs> sense. 
And it, cool. and I think similarly, when we can find that voice, we're just less stressed, right? Because mm. we don't have to pretend like, oh yeah, what was I supposed to say? How was I supposed to, what room am I in? Am I supposed to be professional? Am I supposed to, it's like, just show up and be yeah. authentic in that. I mean, really just be yourself and sit in who that is. I'm wondering if you could share with us like one or two of the um, kind of exercises that you do that help people get ready to speak and get, you know, just kind of settle in kind of things. Sure. Well, <laughs> I'm glad you asked this because there's a lot of uh, a lot of fun exercises, but I find that the more sound that you make before you're going to show up and, and, and settle into an interview or something, the, the better. You know, one great way is to just, and this is kind of a bit kooky, but it's just to, in, in a room, express how you're feeling just with sounds that don't make any sense. So if you might have had, you might be really nervous and so you could express yourself like, you know, just make sounds. Okay, Sarah, let's cut this out because I feel like this is too crazy. I'm not cutting it out. It's perfect. But I'm thinking, God, we're not. No, it's perfect because I will tell you, and I'm going to tell you from someone who gets really analytical or logical, I'm thinking that was hard exercise for me to do. I'm like, well, my sounds are supposed to mean something. However, comma, while I was walking the dog, I had no problem practicing. The only <laughs> only person who took note was a dog who thought I was giving him commands, right? It's like, I, <laughs> know, I do not know what that means. So, um, but yeah, and I think that's, you know, it comes from a very um, acting sort of background. And I think one of the things is that we, owning your voice and like dropping down into, you know, your emotions rather than your mind. It's all about being playful and being courageous and bold. And there's a lot of different risks that that come with making sounds, you know. But if you're in your own house and, and there's no one around, it's a great way to just drop into yourself. Um, another great way is, well, this is a, a more technical thing. It's to practice warming up your lips with bubbles. So you can do something as simple as... And if you can't do that, you do the sound. Just really gets your tongue working, really gets your, yeah, <laughs> you're laughing so at We won't it's go true. into a whole, a whole session, but um, I yeah. will say for anybody who's just wanting to know a little bit more, I will, I will also say that it's interesting to have someone listen to you and reflect back to you what you think you're doing it isn't that you're not doing it well. It's not, you're not doing it as well as you could. Um, mm-hmm. um, I do have one question for you because at one point you told me that an Australian accent makes it really easy to mimic an American accent from, but what part of the country? Mm. So you said it's just natural and that those yeah. folks are more likely to be able to imitate an Australian accent. Yeah, we've got, well, did I, okay, so you want me to the, <laughs> <laughs> the Australian, so it's really easy to imitate a Southern American accent. You know, we've got that drawl and, you know, uh, hello, oh gosh, it's that Western accent, like, welcome to the town. All right, I'm not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> no, the first time you told me Western, I thought LA. 
because that doesn't yeah. sound like LA. So, Southern. you mean old Western. Yes, like an old, old Western movie accent. Yeah. That Southern was a, accent. Yeah. Hey, y'all, come down to my, my house. We're going to have a cup of coffee and we're going to enjoy the sunset. And yeah. So that's a little more close to the, the draw that you have in an Australian. Yeah. And so yeah, I think Australian. Think we're, mm-hmm. it's, we're not there. <laughs> yeah, Australian's <laughs> quite a hard accent to do. I think uh, a lot of the Australian accent is, or a lot of the Australian positioning is really lazy. We, we don't really use a lot of our <laughs> enunciators. You know, it's like, she'll be right. It's fine. It's really lazy. So. Oh so what are some of the ways, you know, when we talk about pulling out our own unique strengths through our voice, how do we do that? you know, and show our leadership strengths, how can we highlight that through, you know, this type of work, either in the written word or the spoken word? So it's really important to have clarity in your message. Um, I know when we were working on your um, summit messages, it's distilling your message down to one, two, three key points and just communicating on that level. A lot of strength in leadership comes through clarity of clarity of communication. So that's one way is to keep your message nice and clear. Another way is to say you're working with a script is to really, you know, after you've written the script is to really drop into the words that you're speaking and really personify them, you know, like really see how they relate to you and your experience. I know one of the exercises that we did, Sarah, was to go over your script and then take each sentence and really create imagery and yeah, really create imagery around the sentence and let that just sit into your body so that when you are speaking that, when the time comes to record or uh, present, You've really done the work to know where that sits and feels in your body and your mind and you're able to recall those emotions as you're speaking because, you know, the emotional component of what you're saying is really important as well. I mean, we, we as humans relate to, yes, clarity of message, but metaphors and, you know, emotions. And so the more that we can tap into that side of us when we're delivering our message, the more powerful a leader that you will be. That's really important, I think, especially now, Will. I mean, you start off by saying that you're your home, like most mm-hmm. of us around the world are, like our universe has shrunk and we're mm-hmm. relating to people remotely or our teams and needing to speak and communicate. And we don't have the luxury of having even five minutes to sit and talk about stuff. We may Mm -hmm. have to do it written or in a video or whatever. So when you think about distilling messaging down to like the key points, and this is a personal challenge for me because I look at the universe of the content and go, what can I scrap, right? Mm -hmm. What, what is not essential? Mm-hmm. How does your brain think through that? And especially if it's not your stuff and you're looking at someone else's stuff, how can we help ourselves or help our colleagues quickly go, let's distill this? What is the point here we're looking for? Because that's a 
if we're emotional about it, we think it's all important. And when in fact, it probably isn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. I think we can go back to like understanding the different learning styles that everybody has. Some people are auditory, kinesthetic, um, more visual learners. And I think it's really comes down to distilling your message so that you're using words that really resonate with all your different team members. So, you know, you've got words like feel for the kinesthetic people. You've got words like sound for the auditory people. You've got words like this is a key message for the the people who are really facts and figures or, or the more, um, the more, you know, heady people. So it's, it's creating your message to resonate with all the different learning styles on your team. And what was the question? How do we distill the message down? So yeah, so, it's that. Yeah. How, I mean, so one of the first things you asked me is like, what am I, what is, what am I trying to convey? You referenced the summit, right? And I think I probably gave you a page and a half of this is what I'm trying to convey. And you come back with three sentences, right? <laughs> and I'm thinking mm-hmm. that is correct. I'm going, how did you do that? So part of it's like, and then how did you choose? Because what you came back with actually reflected me, not you. Mm-hmm. And so I just think that's so interesting. And working with nonprofits like I do, that's one of the the big things it's like what are your key messages well we want everybody to know this i'm thinking that's too much so what you know mm-hmm. so i'm asking for me too how so that i can help others you know think differently about mm-hmm. it and help myself does that make it's sense really, yeah yeah it's just a gift you know <laughs> so you're just a savant <laughs> no there's very clear techniques into into how to distill your message um i think that you know, you've got to be, so when I work with a client, I will do a lot of background research and send them a really juicy briefing document so that I can understand who their target market are, what their pain points are, what their needs are, what their desires are. So I've got a really great picture. I can step into who the message is for. And then that, and then that, um, and then it helps me to be able to distill some of the information that I've um, given into some really emotive, clear messages that the audience is going to understand and, and grasp. I think with communication, we tend to sometimes make it a little bit more complicated or long-winded than what it needs to be. And especially when you're working online, we really need to understand that people's attention spans are so short these days. So people want short sentences. They want easy to understand descriptions and they want things that is is possibly even, you know, like a grade five level of writing. I mean, that's the guidelines these days is to when you write in plain English to make it really, really, really simple. So I think my job is to really simplify what this like complex message is and tailor it towards the ideal audience. And I I do just that. (laughs) Yes, you do. And you come at it from your client's perspective. I want to just share something I learned this week. Um, And I'm a big like audiobook listener and podcast listener. So this guy's talking about that, you know, the attention span kind of thing. 
Mm -hmm. saying that, you know, our attention span continues, humans continues to get shorter. And that word about eight seconds before we start like looking for something else, right? And he goes, I'd like to tell you that squirrels can hold their attention for nine seconds. Oh, <laughs> I started laughing. I'm thinking, well, <laughs> Great. oh my goodness gracious, because you know, we watch squirrels, they don't look like they're holding their attention. We'll be eating nuts soon. <laughs> there you go. So I would like for you to share with folks, you know, who might be saying, well, I want to know more about working with Beck and even if I should or you know, what my questions I should be asking are, I know you have a, an offer for our listeners. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, for sure. So I would love you if you're thinking that, okay, I'm a good communicator and I feel really comfortable standing up in front of an audience or I, I love, you know, being in front of people, but I think I could do better. I think I can be great. And I think by being great, I'm going to get more quality leads uh, if you're self-employed. I think I'm, I'm going to make more of an impact Then I would love to hear from you. So I'm offering 30-minute free discovery calls. So you can find out more about me at beckjapovich.com. So it's B-E-C-D-J-A-P-O-V-I-C.com. We'll put that in the notes. So if you're driving mm-hmm. a car right now, don't worry about writing it down. It'll be in the notes for the podcast. All of her links will be there for you. Beck, I want to say how much I've enjoyed this interview. I want to thank you for giving me your time. And also, it was nice for me to get a little hit of our interactions again <laughs> because I miss I know. <laughs> I do too. You're like, you're the best client. <laughs> and a a friend now. So it's it's wonderful to chat to you too. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. And um, I know we'll be talking more later. Yes. You've been listening to the No Labels, No Limits podcast with best-selling author, change agent, and strategic vision coach, Sarah Box. You can grab the show notes and find out how to work with Sarah at sarahbox.com forward slash no labels, no limits podcast. We'd love this podcast to reach as many people as possible. So please remember to rate, leave a five-star review and share the podcast with someone you think would get value from this conversation. Until next time, keep taking those daily action steps to align your purpose to your principles and achieve your goals in business and life.